right, guys. Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on Turnbuckle Talk. What's up, guys? Of course, powered by thegorillaposition.com and proud part of the Roar Network. Yes, we are. So you may have noticed last week that we were actually absent. So we figured uh, before we get into our usual discussion, we kind of uh, go through and explain our absence here, Carl. Well, I mean, really no explanation is really needed, except that, you know, issues had come up and things had come up. Uh, Unfortunately, life happens and, you know, it it just, it didn't work out for us to be able to uh, get together and actually record a podcast for everyone last week. Um, I mean, it sucks, but I mean, life, life happens. I mean, we did, what, 70-plus episodes now, essentially without any kind of break week to week. So, you know, like you mentioned, life gets in the way sometimes, and we decided, hey, you know, we'll take a breather for a week, and we'll come back refreshed. Yes, we will. So, and of course, there there has been some interesting stuff going on. So, I figured we'd kick off with something that uh, I think that, you know, having looked more into this, and I think a lot of people kind of overlooked this aspect of this, and this has to do with the women's evolution and I guess the best way to kind of put it was a, it was a tweet done by, it doesn't appear to be anybody uh, of any significance that I'm really aware of. I'm um, not familiar with the name, but uh, saying, well, actually showing the promo that was done at the Crown Jewel event and saying, well, they, they cut them out. And uh, he's, there's like some kind of conspiracy involved with this. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not going to go into who the person was. No. All I'm going to let you know is that this person does have one of the blue check marks beside mm. their name. Yeah. Um, not anybody within the real wrestling business that I'm aware of, but I will read the tweet for you. It says, hmm, there's a difference between the WrestleMania promo that aired on Raw slash SmackDown and the one from hashtag WWE Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. which is inset. So they put the video in there is is what that means. Something's missing. Some kind of de-evolution, period. (laughs) Can't put my finger on it, though. Well, sir, we have put our finger on it. Actually, I put my finger on it. Uh And I can give you the explanation for this. Yes. Simply put, you're right. The video package for WrestleMania that aired at WWE Crown Jewel did not contain the female roster inside of it. Why, you might ask, that is because within North America, we are okay with seeing scantily (laughs) clad women in the wrestling ring showing some skin. Unfortunately, over in Saudi Arabia, where they had the Crown Jewel pay-per-view happen, they are not as kind to the females as we are in that respect. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we're going to see no women on that promo in Saudi Arabia. It just, to me, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't really pick up until that just recently myself. And, uh, you know, it was staring me right in the face, you know. And, you know, blessing in disguise with this being gone for a week, you know, tying into um, Crown Jewel is that uh, now we don't really have to talk about it. That's right. <laughs> because, you know, in, in our opinion, I mean, really, there wasn't really anything much of any significance. There's some comedy, I guess, that kind of came out of it. But really, other than that, really nothing that uh, we really need to talk about. If you guys really want to hear anything about what happened at Crown Jewel, go to thegorillaposition.com and check out the Roar Network 
some of the other podcasts on there did go through and break yep. down Crown Jewel, giving their ups and their downs with it. If you really want to know, go there, take a look at some of the other podcasts offered on the Roar Network, and yeah, take a listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now something else to, to kind of note, and this is happening pretty recently. It, it honestly kind of a surprise when I looked into this. I think you actually made me aware of this, Carl, uh, earlier this week or maybe just even a few days ago. A couple days ago, yeah. Yeah, and this has to do with somebody that, you know, at least I figured that, you know, was in the process of really becoming one of Vince's boys, I think would be a good way to kind of put it. And we seem to be seeing that maybe something is not uh, going too good. Yeah, I mean, we're taking a look at uh, issues happening with uh, the man named Braun Strowman. Mm -hmm. Now, a little bit of uh, stuff that we're hearing coming from that is that really his backstage etiquette and his locker room etiquette is not the best. Um, Looking at showing up late for uh, events or showing up late for really anything else, not showing up on time, very negligent when it comes to that. Um, Sometimes, you know, it's... It's been said that he can be his own worst enemy when it comes to uh, etiquette in the backstage area with not even just the other workers, but also with management. So mm-hmm. a little bit of hot water right now. It almost kind of reminds me of a combination between what was going on with Big Cass and, uh, and similar to what was going on with Neville as well. Yes. You know, where they you know seemingly don't like the way that they're being approached and then kind of maybe not quite in his case going to business for himself, but uh, WWE clipping your wings when you uh, try and go off on your own, maybe a little too much. Well, I don't necessarily think that any of this has to do with Braun Strowman going out on his own because he really is. And it's, I don't want to say it this way, but it's the best way to describe it. He's a company man. He He really is. He is, he is very strong. He is very faithful to the WWE. He really is. Now, when it comes to, clocks mm-hmm. or maybe his uh, mobile device now mm-hmm. i don't know if he's updated it at all yeah. to have the correct time on there maybe uh daylight savings times eluded him i don't know but it just it really seems to stem a lot from tardiness i will make a suggestion to him and uh, you know google calendars yeah best your best friend if you have trouble making times or losing track of your schedule Put that information to Google Calendars, and it will be done for you, sir. And then you won't be in hot water with Vince. Just a little suggestion, uh, you know, from somebody who's into technology. I use Google Calendars, and uh, it does help me be uh, a little bit more punctual. Yeah, I mean, with Google Calendars, you can set it to remind you on your screen and through email, whether it's 15 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes. Like, it gives you all these different options, (laughs) Braun. Come on, man. And a lower tech solution would be maybe get a printed out uh, calendar or schedule from Vincent and stick it on your fridge and then maybe that will work as well. That's yeah. a little bit of a lower tech solution, <laughs> but for God's sake, you know, keep track of, you know, where you got to be and when. And, um, you know, because this could, you know, lead to some problems down the road for him. So, because I mean, like with any job, you know, you got to show up on time to a certain extent. Otherwise, you know, there's going to be some corrective action <laughs> taking oh, yeah. place. So, going from that, I want to talk a little bit about... The Rock and Wrestling Rager that happened. Yeah. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager happened on Norwegian Cruise Line out in international waters. If you have not seen this show, 
you have to see this show. Like, really, you do. Chris Jericho's cruise was just amazing. The rock and wrestler Rager went through... There, there was a bunch of stuff that happened. Most notably, though, before we get into any type of breakdown, which will happen a little bit later in our show, mm-hmm. we want to talk about our first topic that we had on our show today. Women. Yeah. Very much a notable absence from uh, this show. And especially you know, with Ring of Honor doing you know, their Women of Honor division. They don't really call it necessarily a women's division. They call it the Women of Honor division and yeah a, a big noticeable absence fr- from uh, this uh, deal it 100% was and I was very shocked and surprised that they I don't necessarily want to say snubbed but it feels almost like they snubbed mm. the uh, the women of honor when it came to this I mean they, they even brought back SoCal Val mm. they had SoCal Val there doing ring announcing which was amazing was to cool. see uh, you know I've, I've always been a fan of SoCal so I'm, I'm happy that she was there but I mean, yeah, it was just really weird that uh, that there was no women showcased on, even if it was just one match, one match on one of the days, I would have been cool with, but yep. there was absolutely none. And I, I don't know if, uh, if that was intentional mm. or not, but yeah. But we can tell you coming up that we will be talking about the uh, Sea of Honor tournament that happened, as well as we will be talking about the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho versus Bullet Club. Going with the uh, the Bullet Club, and of course, I mean, we've talked about it on this show before, you know, we, we have multiple shirts and merchandise from them, and to find out just recently that essentially... No money made from the actual talent off of these mer- off this merchandise. Yeah, it was very interesting to see. There was a tweet that came out. I can't remember if it was by uh, Nick or if it was by Matt, but one of the two had put out a tweet saying uh, essentially that the Bullet Club made zero dollars. And I, I, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Matt Jackson, and he was on a Talk is Jericho mm-hmm. that they did on the Rock and Wrestling Rager. Um, yeah, I mean, in business sense, and my family is out there in the crowd right here, and every time they slap that skull logo on a t-shirt, I made about... Zero dollars is the actual wording from Matt Jackson on the uh, Chris Jericho podcast. Yeah, you know, and this definitely makes sense now when you think about it, when they are seemingly branching away from the Bullet Club now to form just the elite. So they can be more in control of, you know, their intellectual property and then to be able to get a cut of uh, all these sales and whatnot. So Yeah, exactly. Definitely not the main motivation, I, I would say, you know, because obviously, you know, the uh, passion for the business is obviously the main motivation. But, you know, on the side to be able to, you know, make some, some decent money off of, royalties off of this stuff because up till now i mean to me it just blew my mind that they essentially made nothing off that that, that's yeah i know (laughs) i know and we were always so gung-ho to be like we have to support the young bucks we got to support you know marty Skrull. we got to support kenny omega we got to buy the t-shirts we got to support now granted our friend chase owens is Mm -hmm. still part of the bullet club he is not moving on to uh, any part of the elite so I don't know, and I hope that at least he gets a little bit of a cut from merchandise. But from the mm-hmm. sounds of it, 
unless he's selling it on his own or possibly selling it maybe on his own page with ProWrestlingTees.com, yeah. he might not be getting a cut. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that, uh, you know, with Chase Owens as well. It seems to be kind of up in the air. If I were to guess, I think that he probably will end up joining that uh, that elite group because I think he's always kind of been on that side of things. So, you know, we'll keep track and see uh, where he goes because, I mean, obviously, you know, we're a fan of his and meeting him personally, and uh, we want to make sure that, uh, that he can do well because I think that he hasn't reached his ceiling yet in the, oh. uh, in the business yet. No, so. definitely not. Now, going from that to... Something that uh, I was debating whether to talk about this because, you know, it had to do with an event you know that we ended up not talking about with uh, with Crown Jewel, and this has to do with Hulk Hogan. Who? Hulk Hogan. Who? Uh, obviously, you know, obviously the biggest name in the history of professional wrestling, and WWE seemingly now after using him just for that one-off kind of thing, they've almost gone back to this mode of being reluctant to really do anything with him because you. Instantly fell off the face of the plant after a crown jewel. Oh, exactly. Who? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's been absolutely no mention of Hulk Hogan, whether it's on any type of Raw or SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live. There's been absolutely no mention at all of Hulk Hogan, yeah. and especially for, you know, hosting WWE Crown Jewel. Wow. I mean, this, this really... <sighs> It's been putting some some really different things out there for the internet marks that are out there kind of going, you know, are they not doing anything with him anymore? Mm-hmm. Are they, uh, has, has he done something to piss off the WWE again? Um, you know, wh- why are things not going the way that they should be for Hulk Hogan? And why is he not being talked about on television? Or... You know, most notably, probably the biggest one that's out there and probably the most truthful is that the WWE is not mentioning him so that they can use him in some sort of capacity and make a larger impact when it comes to North American showcasing of the talent. That's definitely WWE's MO when it comes to this kind of stuff. When they want to have that big kind of impact is that they'll they'll kind of take them off television for a while or, you know, and even go as far as not mentioning them or even, um, you know, taking them off uh, the website. You know, they did that with um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at one point, even putting mm-hmm. them on the alumni page yeah. to make you think that they were done. So, you know, they can go to some pretty far extents to try and make this possible. So what do you think they have in store for him going forward? I think that... It- Exactly as the last point that I made, I think uh, what, what's going to happen is that at some point, whether it's a pay-per-view, whether it's uh, WrestleMania, I don't know if they're going to maybe have him host WrestleMania once again or have him being used in some sort of capacity at WrestleMania, whether he comes down and makes a run-in during a pay-per-view or something, um, whether he comes in just to manage someone else and and awesome. put, give his stamp of approval on a new up and comer that's that's there, really don't know at this point. But I mean, speculations can really run wild, brother. Yes. <laughs> the two that I see most as a possibility, I would say either A, because there's been rumors of the NWO getting back together. He's been teasing that pretty hard, so he could yep. come back and manage in a new NWO kind of capacity. Or I think that he could also end up making a legend appearance at this year's Royal Rumble. A bit more of a direct approach there with that one. Yeah, it definitely is. I, 
I don't want to see that, to be honest. I mean... Oh, no, neither do I, but I think <laughs> they're going to do it. <laughs> I love Hulk Hogan, and I don't want to see him get hurt inside that wrestling ring. So to have him being thrown over the top rope, it I'm sure it's been a long while since he has been thrown over the top rope. Mm-hmm. How's he gonna? How's he gonna take it? How's he gonna bump it? How's he gonna land? How's he, like? It's just one of those unknowns yeah. that I don't know that I would want to put him into that type of a situation. You're pretty limited to what you could do with him there. You could have him do the traditional Hulk Hogan thing of doing the doing the punches. You know, he's very really telegraphed so that kind of move. And if he's going to get thrown over, it's going to be in a very gentle. Uh, way because we've I've always made the joke that if Hulk Hogan were get, to get back in the ring again and take a bump, his body would literally explode. Yes. So <laughs> you know if he comes in, just you know, I think it just needs to be a brief thing. I wouldn't go maybe Bushwhacker Luke brief. No. But you know, come in, get a pop, get out, you know, get in, get out, get paid. Yep, and be done. You know, I I could see that if they are really desperate for a pop, but it doesn't really need to happen. No, it doesn't. All right, so let's take a brief break here, and we will hear from a little bit from CW coming soon uh, to Sault Ste. Marie, because this is happening very soon. Yes. It's coming out quicker than I was kind of anticipating, and also we're going to hear from the London Rising podcast, so stay tuned. All right. This is CWE champion, hotshot Danny Duggan. Canadian Wrestling's Elite hits the road October 21st through November 21st, hitting five Canadian provinces with 32 events in 32 days on the Strutton and Cutting Tour, featuring WWE legend Brutus the Barber Beefcake, The Kingdom from Ring of Honor, Rhett Titus from Ring of Honor, and top independent wrestling stars from across Canada, the United States, Europe, Japan, and even as far as Taiwan. Check CWECanada.ca for full tour information. of mainstream media lies and deception need a hard dose of reality put on your sunglasses swallow that red pill and tune into london rising your epic mix of music news and freedom tune in weekly with me your host gunstar hero out of london ontario canada as i mix up breaking news hard-hitting commentary trigger warnings galore and eclectic epic slate of unforgettable music tracks including metal, punk, classic rock, country, and even some hip-hop in for good measure, only on the Podbean Network. Alright guys, Big Joe and Carol here back on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are. Now, before the break, uh, Carl, we had uh, we were talking a little bit about Hulk Hogan and how we don't really, we're not too fond of some possible plans there, but something that we I particularly was really fun, and probably my most fun viewing of this last little while was, of course, that Rock and Wrestling Rager. Yeah, 100% it was. I mean, we're, we're going to go through them and, and break down just a little bit of, of actually what happened. Uh, but, I mean, I do want to let you guys know that the beginning of this show had some amazing, great comedy that came through with amazing professional wrestling. Yeah. So they really... You know, Ring of Honor is is amazing with that. They really find a good balance between, you know, making things enjoyable and funny and a little bit of comedy, as well as keeping with some amazing professional wrestling action inside the ring. And the Chris Jericho Rockin' Wrestling Rager Cruise did not disappoint when it came to this. Let's go right into... 
breaking down the Chris Jericho cruise. Yeah, like you said, we'll mainly touch on uh, on the highlights here. And for me, right off the bat, you know, probably the match that I enjoyed the most out of this thing, and not to take anything away from any of this stuff because it was all <laughs> great too, but this one really brought back the fun for me in professional wrestling. And this was a, a Dalton Castle versus Christopher Daniels, but not in that same persona. He actually took on a, a character that... that uh, I, I'm assuming, I think you told me that he possibly used this before, Smooth Sail and Ashley Remington. This was a fun match to watch, Carl. 100% it was. <laughs> Just to kind of give everybody a little bit of inside info into it before. Um, the, the night before, someone apparently had attacked uh, uh, Dalton Castle. So Dalton Castle was unable to compete due to concussion quote unquote storyline hashtag whatever you know it was it was all obviously a work yes right and and it really allowed for this fun spot to happen where we were able to see uh, dalton castle come out (laughs) as a different persona almost a little bit of a different look to him a different vibe to him a different walk a different everything really it was like it was a honestly a totally different person when we saw smooth sailing (laughs) because they were on a cruise wink wink ashley remington and christopher daniels like this was just an amazingly fun match to watch there were spots in there that were honestly spot on with absolutely everything in the ring for work itself Mixed in with a little bit of classic Christopher Daniels and Dalton Castle comedy. Daniels is the perfect guy to match up with uh, to go with this kind of approach. And even at the end, capping it off by him handing him a bowl of fruit. You know, that was, I mean, just uh, like the match was good, you know, having that fun aspect of it. I mean, just it it, it hit all those check marks. And it's just, you know, it was a fun match on a cruise like that. I could just uh, doing that type of match. I mean, just. And to have it be the first one that, to come up like that, to, to be able to watch, it, it just it fit. Yeah, it did. 100% right, it did. So they did the, of course, the um, they did the last couple rounds of the Sea of Honor tournament as well. Yep. And we're going to go through all those matches. But for me, the real highlight of that whole tournament that they had there was the match between the two Briscoe brothers. Yeah, now most people would uh, kind of assume that this would be a Briscoe Brothers tag team match that happened. It was very well done within the brackets of the uh, Sea of Honor tournament that happened. Now, the Sea of Honor tournament was all going through. The winner of this tournament was going to go through and get a future Ring of Honor championship match against Jay Lethal. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it ended up being... Mark versus Jay Briscoe one-on-one in what ended up being, and I thought, you know, for sure that this was just going to be a a spot show because they both have known each other and wrestled each other for so long and, Mm -hmm. you know, wrestled with each other for so long, but it actually wasn't. There was a lot of good back and forth that happened. It wasn't just a whole bunch of different spots that happened. They really almost looked like they were putting on a little bit of a wrestling clinic mm-hmm. for a bunch of uh, you know trainees that 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 are in whatever you know organization for them to to try to learn off of, and that's really what it felt like to me. But it was just an amazing match to see. 
And this was just a semifinal match. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference between, like you had, you had mentioned what was happening there. You know, typically what you'll see in WWE, you'll see like an NXT match with say like a Velveteen Dream is that you see a lot of those kind of crazy kind of spots. And then, but there's like rest kind of breaks in, in between. With these two guys, I mean, they, they're stringing this all together, you know, with your, your proper wrestling and in uh, all those kind of spots and not just spot, break, spot, break you know just it, it's it's all it all tied together nicely you can you can tell these guys have been working for a long time you know even they have experience with each other because i mean obviously as kids and stuff like that so mm-hmm. they, they they already have that built-in chemistry and it just it flows very nicely instead of just being feeling chopped up yeah a lot of the stuff within the wwe that you see will be like signature move and then rest and then the next guy's signature move and then rest and then oh wait the first guy hit his signature move again oh oh, oh and then we get a rest again with these two you really didn't see any of the signature moves or finishing yeah. moves or anything like that and until the end of this match they really went out there and put it all out on the line and really gave an amazing show to thankfully not only just those people that were on the cruise but as well to everyone that has the uh ring of honor uh, honor club network yes. and fight.tv yeah that was great that they put that on there but then but did as a pre-tape and then kind of condensed it well, I yeah that was really good i think Putting the whole thing on there would just been a little too much. Yeah. Now to cap off that Steve Honor tournament, we had, of course, the winner of that match, Jay Briscoe versus Flip Gordon. Yes. And another great match. Now before seeing who won that whole thing, Flip Gordon. I don't think that we've talked about him too much on this podcast, Carl. But he has got to be somebody that is on. You know, not to say that Ring Art isn't a big company, but like WWE and all these other places, they must be watching this guy. <laughs> if they're not, there's something wrong. Now, to be honest, I, I I can say that Triple H is one of the best minds to be running within the business of the WWE. Yep. He has really gone through and found a lot of different talent that are amazing, that people really haven't heard of before. You know, like, and I'm going to throw his name out there, Pete Dunne. Yep. Like, really, Pete Dunne, young kid, an amazing worker has really done a lot for himself when it comes to independent wrestling over in the UK. Triple H goes through, and he I, I'm sure that he watches all of this. He he takes a look at these guys. He, he looks at social media. He takes a look at Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and sees how many people are talking about these other wrestlers yep. and looks at their stuff and goes, wow, I think I really need to keep watching this person because this could be a the next big star. Imagine in NXT, mm-hmm. Flip Gordon versus Ricochet. That, oh my that God. That would tear the house down. <laughs> it would. Okay. And that's just one good potential matchup that Flip could have. Oh, yeah. So if WWE doesn't have, if he's not on their scope yet, shame on them. Yes. <laughs> you, you, they got punishment Martinez from there. They He has to be on their radar. And, you know, it would be very cool to see him in NXT, especially if... NXT transitions from being this developmental thing to just being an entirely separate brand so we can get rid of that developmental tag there and they could just become their own separate brand and then we don't see as them, you know, being to a certain point only to be eventually called up. Just, you know, given that scenario, I would love to see Flip in NXT. Oh, yeah, me too. So... He ended up actually beating Jay Briscoe for uh, to win that tournament. Honestly, a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. But um, I mean, you know, given the experience, I mean, Flip's only been around for a few years too. That's the scary part of this. Yeah. All right, and then to cap off the evening, 
wow. <laughs> wow is about really all that you can say when it comes to just the the six men that happened there. Just wow. Now, before we get to that six man, yeah. did we tell everybody who won the Sea of Honor tournament? Flip Gordon, absolutely. Yeah, yes. I mean, we did a lot of talking about him, so I hope that everybody kind of caught that and, and was able to see that, you know, that's who we were alluding to. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> uh, amazingly enough, uh, Flip Gordon won and gets a future Ring of Honor championship title match. Yeah, it's going to be a rematch of the All-In match because Flip won the over-the-budget Battle Royal at All-In to get a shot at Jace, and now he's getting another chance again. That's right. So, yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, uh, obviously both guys are, are fantastic to watch. And I should actually allude to I'm, I'm glad that you actually brought us back to that You know, with Jay Lethal. Uh, going back to the Ashley Remington-Christopher Daniels match, oh. um, Jay actually... Um, I won't say broke character because when you're a commentary, you're not really kind of technically being your character. I mean, at least in that scenario, because he, he was not necessarily being the Jay Lethal character. He's like the the mics kind of went silent, and you can almost kind of hearing like him like basically losing it. <laughs> like he just say he was cracking up. He was <laughs> laughing hysterically in the background. It's almost yeah. as though he took his headset off. And the microphone yeah. is connected to the headset, and he was, like, holding it away from him as far as he could with his yeah. head turned and just laughing his arse off yeah. over everything that was happening within the, 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 the comedicness of the uh, Ashley Remington and Christopher Daniels match. And it yeah. was, honestly, it was nice to see that, you know, and everything isn't just, you know, cut and dry, and it's not just yeah. business, 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 but they actually do have a little bit of human cease to them yeah. where they they actually let a little bit of that come out and show emotion over the mic and then when your co-color commentator is cole cabana all right it's just hilarity will ensue mm-hmm. all right so <laughs> i'm surprised oh, yeah. that there wasn't more funny because because colt is uh like, as i mentioned before he's a very unique individual in uh a sense of uh a comedy that is uh very interesting and, and, yep. and pretty cool. So, oh yeah. So yeah, getting to the the six man tag, we had Cody Rhodes, Marty Skrull, and Kenny Omega yep. versus the Alpha Club or the Bucks of Jericho or Y Two Jackson. All three of those things were on. Yeah, uh, their attire, which is kind of interesting and kind of uh, teasing quite a few things there all at the same time. And you got to see some interesting stuff in that match. Of course, when you have the Young Bucks involved in a match, it's going to be a lot of action and oh, very yeah. high octane. But you got to see like Chris Jericho and Marty uh, wrestling each other in the ring at the same time. First time that that's happened, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. And this is also technically Chris Jericho's first appearance in a Ring of Honor match. Yes. So, you know, some firsts there, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, just it was, you know, no resting. The six-man tag done the right way, oh, in my opinion. 100% it was. I mean, there was no resting. There was no stopping. I mean, your rest came when you were on the outside of the ring and your partner, yeah. when the six-man was inside the ring. That was your rest time and period. They really went through and did an amazing job with this match. There was there was action throughout the entire thing, and I mean, like the crowd, it, it just w was really into it and really into everything. And when we got to see Chris Jericho, black eye and all, where that came from, I don't know, I don't know but either, black yeah. eye and all, and then a tag comes to Kenny Omega, and the two of them again face off in the same ring. The crowd went 
ballistic over that. And I'm honestly, I'm hoping that we get to see some more Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho because the two of them just put on an amazing show. And almost kind of, in my opinion, at least the way I'm kind of interpreting kind of redemption for the Young Bucks, because if you remember the last time they did one of these kind of shows that's kind of outside the confines of a company, you know, they, the Okada Marty Scurll match on All In went a lot longer than it was supposed yeah. to. And then that, that big uh, tag match at the end got cut way short. So you yeah. could tell that they were like rushing to get stuff in. So it was nice to see them. I think they gave them a good 25 plus minutes or so for this match. Yeah. And yeah, it, it didn't feel like it, it was okay. We need to, you get not rushing through to get the spots or anything. It all flowed very good. Like I said, the six man tag match done the right way. Yes. So it was very cool to see that happen. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I might you know I might end up going back and watching this again because I really enjoyed you know especially to see Smooth Sail and Ashley Remington again. That was right. really cool. So we've come to the final segment for the show, Carl. Yes, we have come to our show stopper segment. <laughs> so it took me a little while to think of this one this week because you know we we've hit some pretty big ones so far since putting this into the podcast here. But uh, what kind of gave me the idea for this was an article that I seen recently uh, that the uh, son of the Undertaker did, and he was being asked if he was getting into the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. So this brought up the the question of relatives and children of stars getting into the business and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it's it's all unfortunately a personal preference for that person themselves. Right. I mean, you want to talk the goods? You look at like Cody and yes. uh, and Dustin or Goldust. Yep. You want to talk goods? You look at um, Tessa Blanchard, mm-hmm. right? Like another one, you know, uh, 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 someone else coming into the business that has been part of a wrestling family. You know, like these people are there and they're making it and they wanted to follow in the footsteps of their family. And they went through and did that. Mm -hmm. Then you get somebody like, you know, the undertaker's son who says, I don't want to get into the wrestling business. I have different views and different passions and I want to go and pursue those. And I think that that's totally okay. And then you've got stuff in the middle. Yeah. You know, I think there's too much of this assumption, you know, especially amongst uh, wrestling fans, that if you're the relative, if you're the son or a daughter or a cousin of a of a uh, of a certain wrestler, that you're just you're going to follow in your footsteps. It's like it's assumed. You know, it's definitely not always the case. And, and sometimes, I think one of the most notable ones of of recent times to kind of talk about here is Ted DiBiase Jr. Yes, now, there was a guy that. Uh, you know, yeah, he had all the tools uh, there. He had the, obviously the look, the build, everything. But you could tell that uh, kind of brewing beneath the surface there that he wasn't really digging being in the wrestling business. No, I mean he's still wrestling today. Yeah, like he's still out there doing doing work a little bit here and there. Uh, yeah. But he, he's doing a lot more, um, like almost like charity charitable work right he's he's more office person now as opposed to and not within the wrestling business either like i mean outside of the wrestling business he's doing a lot more office work and stuff like that and doing a lot of a lot of charity stuff as well so yeah i mean sometimes it's it's all it almost feels like it's maybe peer pressure yeah right like i mean you had the million dollar man ted dibiase right and then he has a son and his son is growing up and being a big kid just like ted dibiase was you know 
again, you say, coming to the assumptions, you would only assume that, yeah, Ted DiBiase Jr. is going to be the next million-dollar man (laughs) and come into the wrestling business and take it by storm, just like the million-dollar man did. Everybody's their own person, though. Mm -hmm. And you see ones that almost kind of of get... Almost seemingly forced into it. Now, you may not agree with this one, but Noelle Foley, um, I don't know what her future is going to entail, but mm-hmm. uh, there was somebody that, you know, she was interested in it, but I think I, I could be maybe approaching this the wrong way, but it was almost like maybe possibly for the wrong reasons, you know? Um, I think that she wanted, uh, she was interested in it, but I don't think had the full-on real passion for it. And, you know, even if you got to watch, um, was it the, the show that they did on the network, Holy Foley. Holy Foley. You know, yep. with her just a constant smile in the ring and not being able to get over that kind of stuff. You know, it's, if she does get into it, she has some hurdles to jump over, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, there's always a potential for success there. I mean, once could come out of nowhere, Brian Pillman Jr. I think it's yeah. probably one of the best current examples of a kid that, uh, I mean, the ceiling is unlimited for him i think you know go and watch some mlw and see what he's been doing there i mean his dad was obviously amazing you yep. know one of at least one i was a huge fan of what he did and unfortunately cut very short but i mean he has a tremendous amount of potential so you know there, there's always going to be you know the good and the bad and the like you said the in between but uh, i think you know that assumption that they're just by default going to get into the business i think is something that can cause some issues. So yeah. yeah, it definitely can. And I mean, I guess the best advice that we can give to anybody is stop being a douche and just <laughs> assuming that these people are going to do that. Just because your parent is a banker, does that mean that you're going to have to be a banker yeah. as well? Just because your parent is a you know a baker, does that mean that you have to become a baker as well? No. You're your own person, just like these guys are as well. Yeah. Just because they you know have a a famous parent doesn't mean that they have to follow in their footsteps. Yeah, and I didn't even mention Nia Jackson all this. No, right. So, but uh, you know, given that you know she's going to be on Total Divas now, and uh, that's going to be kind of uh, interesting. You know, she's sort of kind of turned things around, but you know, her ceiling—I I don't know—in the business, you know, I think she she has potentially some potential there but yeah. uh, you know and she's a, a good PR uh, piece there because she uh, you know the whole body shaming and all that kind yes. of stuff you know she's she's wrapped WWE's alley yep. so um, but yeah it, it'll be um, interesting to see you know, if any other up-and-comers come up that are uh, descendants of former great wrestlers. So, That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, think, you, yeah. you had mentioned MLW, mm-hmm. I mean, and you'd mentioned uh, Brian yeah. Pillman Jr., right? We have the New Heart Foundation within MLW. So, I mean, we're looking Brian Pillman Jr., we're looking Teddy Hart, yeah. and we're looking Davy Boy Smith, um, British Bulldog's son, mm-hmm. right? Like, three names right there that are all part of a uh, wrestling family, that are, you know, coming into the business and really making a name for themselves and taking it by storm, yep. especially down in MLW right now. Watch for those guys because those guys are there are names that I think you're going to see for many years to come and just breaking barriers when it comes to, you know, second, third generation within professional wrestling. And we had mentioned Flip Gordon uh, hopefully being on the WWE radar. I think those guys likely are too. With uh, with Teddy Hart being in the mixer, I mean that that's a catalyst there that you know could potentially uh, be a bit of an issue because he is a guy that very much speaks his mind. He's a no BS, oh, no yeah. F's given kind of guy. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, if they do potentially make a move, he will definitely have to tone it down a bit. Yeah, <laughs> Let's just put it that way. 
All right, Carl. Well, that's a good way to end off the episode, but let's uh, make sure we talk about our sponsors before we go. Definitely, we have to talk about our sponsors. We still have two sponsors, and guess what? We're working on a third. Hopefully, in the new year, we will have a third sponsor that we can talk to you about as well. But we want to give a huge shout-out and thank you to our sponsors, HypeCityVapors.com, where you can go and get some of the best premium e-liquid juice for your vape if you vape like i do make sure you go and check out hypecityvapors.com use promo code jk podcast when you can get yourself 15 percent off your entire order as well we don't want to forget about our friend al snow over at color and elbow check out our social media links where you can find a clickable link to go to collarandelbowbrand.com where it's our personal area for you guys to go to check out everything that they got there they got huge sales going on right now clearance department is up to like 75 percent off different items and if you use our promo code jk podcast at the checkout you'll get an additional 10 percent off which means that you will have entirely 85 percent off your order can you imagine that especially right now with christmas coming up it's the best time for you to go check out hypecityvapors.com and collar and elbow brand.com yeah for sure i anticipate some really cool christmas deals coming up for collar and elbow this year so it's gonna be a good time to shop for your wrestling fan and your family now of course to listen to our episode you can find us on our original home at podbean on itunes on google play music and the podcast app and of course as i mentioned at the top of the show powered by the gorilla position.com as part of the roar network that's right you can find the gorilla position.com on facebook just actually search out the gorilla position.com as well you can find us turnbuckle talk on facebook instagram and twitter you can find us by searching at tb talk pod again that is tb talk pod on facebook instagram and twitter all right guys we will see you on the next one ciao this is michael melkor executive editor of the gorilla position.com and co-host of going home with ryan and mike and you are listening to turnbuckle talk 